I wanted to share a tool that I started using recently. And if you're doing any prospecting or lead sourcing from LinkedIn, it's definitely worth checking out. The tool is called Surf and it's spelled S-U-R-F-E. It's a Chrome extension that allows you to add contacts to your CRM directly from LinkedIn. I use it to add contacts quickly, follow my deals, keep track of my notes. And it's actually saved me a bunch of time. The data is always 100% accurate because I don't have to copy and paste each detail from each contact over to my CRM. Instead, Surf does it all for me automatically with just one click. Now, the folks over at Surf have been kind enough to put together a promo offer for fans of SSP. You can go to the link in the show notes and use the promo code JWSURF with an E5 for a 5% discount on your first year. Check out the link in the show notes and go check them out. Hey, what's up, SaaS sales players? It's Jesse, and it's been a while since I've just turned the mic on and shared some of my thoughts and ideas. Uh, I've been so busy this last month booking new guests, having new interviews. Uh, There's some really exciting stuff ahead on the show, so make sure you're subscribed and that you're staying tuned to some of the upcoming episodes, which I think you're going to find really interesting, entertaining, and valuable. But I I did want to put together a quick episode just to to share some ideas around a specific topic, and I want to give a shout out to Bailey Newland, uh, who's a listener. Bailey reached out to me on LinkedIn and I asked her for suggestions on what I could put an episode together around. And she said, sharpening discovery skills. And I told her that this is an area that I'm also very interested in, in honing in my skill set and improving my craft in terms of discovery calls. So Bailey, thanks for reaching out. Thanks for the suggestion. Today's episode is going to be on things you can do to improve your uh, discovery conversations right out of the gates. And if you're, you know, of course you should be familiar with discovery and many realize that it's one of the most important parts of B2B selling, because if you can get the discovery conversation down and you feel like you have, uh, you know, established a there's pain, there's a project, there's an actual op uh, or opportunity here. That all comes from that discovery phase. So if you can get to a point where you're nailing these discovery conversations, it's going to improve your close rate. It's going to make your deals uh, move faster and it's going to help position you to be an expert and a consultant and a guide for your buyers. And it's going to make everything all around easier for you, but it is a difficult skill. It's not easy to master discovery out of the gates uh, it's a skill set that's I'm still working on, as I mentioned, and I'm still working to to sharpen my own skill set here. But let me just share five things that I've observed and experienced in my discovery that have helped a lot. So we'll just take it from the top here. The number number one thing that I think everyone should do when they're uh, doing discovery with their prospects is do your research. So. Yeah, of course, you're supposed to do research whenever you're doing a new discovery conversation. This is sales 101. And I don't think it has to be overly complicated. But of course, if it's a you know more complex sale or you're doing discovery with a higher, uh, higher level executive buyer, then the more research you can do, the better. But here are just a few examples of some of the research that I do ahead of a discovery conversation. First and foremost, table stakes, it's visit the website for the for the prospect. So if you have a discovery call with Walmart or, uh, I don't know, some Delta Airlines or something like that, jump on the website and see if you can, you know, 
pinpoint a few things, a few areas where you can help get a good feel for who they are. And look, a lot of times you're not going to have calls with Walmart or, or Delta airlines. Everybody knows who those brands are, but maybe you'll get some, uh, mid market manufacturing company in the Midwest that you've never heard of before. At the very least, you need to at least go visit the website and make sure you have a clear idea of what they do, who they serve, what their business is, read their bio, um, maybe read the executive leadership team page if they have that published, learn who some of the executives are at the company. And then I take it a step further. Typically, I'll go to their social media accounts, go to their LinkedIn, go to their Twitter, go to their Facebook page, go to their Instagram page, and just get an idea of what the last couple weeks worth of posts look like. What does the company seem to care about? What are they promoting? Uh, just get yourself up to speed on what they're doing, what they're working on, and it'll help you in the conversation be more of an expert and point to some specifics on their brand, on their on their website that will help you in that discovery process. And then if you want to take it a, a step even further, go and read press releases. So every most every website for a, a large corporation or even a small corporation has a media page or a press page, go and read a couple of press releases, go read some recent news. Uh, and you can use Google news to just pull up some recent headlines on the brand. And then if you want to take it a step even further than that on your research, go and read their earnings calls, uh, or watch their earnings calls. Sometimes they record those and post those. Uh, so you can actually watch or listen to those, those conversations. In the past, I've read things like 10K documents, which are, uh, you know, for a publicly traded company, those are financial statements and documents that walk through the health of the business, the goals of the business, and some of the, the short and long-term strategies. So if you want to go really, really deep before the discovery, you can do that. Uh, these are all really good habits to get into. So when you get an inbound lead or you finally set that first meeting, uh, this will help you have done a good amount of the research up front. And I'll help you speak a little bit more intelligently about the prospects, company, brand, goals, and those kind of things. So number one, do your research. I've just shared a few ideas uh, of the things that I do to make sure that I'm up to speed on the companies that I'm selling into. Number two, prepare a hypothesis. This is an interesting one and one that I didn't really think about a lot early on in my career. But every call you go into, every discovery call you go into, you should bring some sort of hypothesis or a point of view or an idea for where you might be able to help. And it doesn't have to be super complicated. It can be very, very high level, 30,000 feet. But think about what your solution does and think about their business and try to make a couple of assumptions. Now, part of the discovery in my mind is you're going to ask them to confirm your assumptions. And I think that's totally okay. You're allowed to come in and say, here's what I observed on your website, or I was reading a recent press release and it said, you guys are launching this product. Here's how we can help with that launch. Here's how we can help you save costs around that launch. Whatever you do, try to come up with one key hypothesis and, and you can come up with a couple uh, and then ask for them to confirm that your assumptions are correct around that hypothesis. And your prospects are going to love this because you're coming to the table with specific ideas or examples for where you can help, but you're open-minded enough and self-aware enough to say, look, I might be wrong. I don't work for your company, but I am, I want to be your partner and I want to be your consultant here. So correct me where I am wrong and point me down the path of finding where we can actually solve problems for you. So this is really key. You need to come to the conversation with that hypothesis, with an idea for how to help and then ask for them to help guide you to what the real core pain points are or problems are or the areas where they, they, they can actually benefit from your solution. So number two, once again, prepare a hypothesis, bring a point of view and come with a few business assumptions 
that you plan to have validated. Number three, be ready to tell some stories. As everybody knows, storytelling is part of being a human and it's a really, really important part of being a top seller. If you can tell great stories, you're going to keep the attention of your audience. You're going to bond with them in a way that you probably wouldn't be able to if you weren't sharing stories. And you're gonna sound a lot more credible and educated on your space, on your company. So I highly recommend when you come into a SaaS role in a new company, or if you've been in your, your same role for a long time, make sure that you know some of the success stories of customers. This is one of the first things I typically do when I started a new, at a new job is I go and look into what customers are on the platform, what have they accomplished with the platform? What are some great stories I can tell and weave into the conversations? And I think with discovery, you don't want to be too overt about it. You want to try to have several example stories at the ready. And if something relevant comes up, you can weave that story into the conversation very naturally. So maybe you have a customer that went through a similar challenge. Maybe they deployed your solution in a similar timeframe as to what your prospect is working against. Uh, you know, maybe there's some other overlap that might make this compelling and interesting. And I think it's going to help provide evidence and make your pitch really concrete. If you can point to specific customer examples where uh, another similar brand or, or even a dissimilar brand uh, did something that they're trying to accomplish. So the way to go and prepare some of these stories, if your marketing team or your sales leadership team or sales enablement team doesn't already have a book of customer success stories, most companies do. Most tech companies have a page on their website that has, you know, customer success stories or use cases or examples, go and read those and really understand those, print them out, hang them up on your wall, uh, revisit them often, because the better you can learn that story and be able to weave some of the details into that story, uh, the more credible you're going to sound, uh, the more trusted you're going to sound. And again, the more uh, specific examples of how this will help them, uh, and it's going to build your credibility. It creates that so creates that social proof that's going to help make your deal cycles uh, more concrete. So print those out, study them, research them. If you if your company doesn't have customer success stories, go and send an email to your founders or your CEO right now and say, why are we not writing down what our customers are achieving with our platform? Uh, seriously, that's something that's table stakes in every startup and every SaaS company today is real examples of how the product can benefit. And if by chance you're in a company that doesn't have that, ask for permission to go and reach out to a couple of the current paying customers and you interview them yourself and ask them, you know, what is it that you're getting out of our solution? What results have you driven from this? What are some ways that you've uh, maximized your you know, value out of it? What are some different examples of how you've uh, you know, seen it work well? There's all kinds of questions you can ask. Again, your company should probably already have a couple of customer success stories, but if by chance there's not any of those, go get those yourself if you have to. So number three, be ready to tell stories about your current customers and their successes with your solution, your product, your SaaS. Number four is keep it conversational. So I think of discovery calls as needing to be somewhat informal, not too rigid, not too structured or formulaic. I think it's good to have an agenda and make sure to take control of the call. You don't want to let the, the prospect dominate the call either. You do want to have kind of that equal 50-50 uh, you know, conversation. But I don't think you want to be too structured. I try not to bring up the the product or slides or some sort of, you know, pitch, elevator pitch too early in the call. I would definitely have that stuff ready to go if you've got a slide deck that you or a visual example of a demo 
or some sort of elevator pitch or high level overview of your solution, you probably want to have that ready to go if it, if it comes up. But try to keep the discovery conversation focused on your prospect and what they're trying to accomplish with your solution, what project they're working on, what initiative, and then what you know drivers they are working against to make sure that they have a solution in place. Focus on those things first. And if they ask for an overview of your solution or your SaaS to, to help make the conversation flow a little bit better, be ready to present that stuff. But generally, uh, you know, it's this is a business conversation between two business people. And ultimately, the goal of a discovery conversation is to determine if there is a fit between what you offer and what they're trying to accomplish, what their needs are, what their pain is, et cetera. So keep it conversational. You're just trying to determine if this is a problem that you can solve right now for them. So number four, keep it conversational. Don't be too structured. Don't spend too much time going through a PowerPoint presentation. You're going to lose your prospect if you do that. You really need to make it a two-way conversation and make that topic about how you can help them, if you can help them, and learning about what their goals are. Now, number five, this is the last thing that uh, I'd suggest in the discovery process to help you out. It's ask the big question and establish next steps. What's the big question? Well, here's how I sometimes ask it in my discovery calls. Based on what we've discussed today, is there enough alignment or interest to proceed in this evaluation process? So there's a number of different ways you can ask it. And you can be even more direct and blunt. You don't have to sound so eloquent, um, but you can say something like, look, based on what I showed you today, do you think there's a project here? Do you think there's an opportunity here? Uh, is you know what I showed you today interesting enough for us to continue our conversations? Just ask the question. And it's okay if it's not. The whole purpose of discovery is also to disqualify anybody who might not be a fit or might have problems that you can't solve right now. But you're still planting a seed. You're still building a relationship. And I promise you that your credibility will be better if you, you know, sort of approach it from a disqualification standpoint or, hey, I'm trying to disprove my uh, disprove my hypothesis, but I want to, you know, again, I want to be somewhat skeptical. This may not be an opportunity. You may not be able to help this prospect, but I'm you know, trying to determine if, if there is something here that we can work on. So the question, again, that I tend to ask is based on what we've discussed, is there interest in proceeding in the in the process? Or, you know, based on what I've shown you today or what we've talked about today, do you think there's something here? Is there an opportunity here? Should we proceed to the next stage? And if they say, you know what, this is interesting. I feel like there's some overlap between what we're trying to solve and what you guys offer. Then you want to set that next step on every discovery conversation. And the next step is typically great. Let's pull up some calendars and let's pull up our calendars and get some time scheduled for a demo or for a prep call or a second round, whatever the next step is in your process typically. And if you don't know that, uh, you know, I'd spend some time sitting down to establish what your, you know, sit down and establish what your sales process is. So if you have a discovery call in most software companies, the next step is to do a formal demo. Now, typically before a demo, I will do a call or a short call in between to prep for that demo to make sure that our team sort of nails the, the demo call and that the whole thing resonates with the broader group of buyers. So it all depends on your company and your solution. There's various different next steps you can take, but typically the next step is gonna be a second call where you can get deeper into what their pain is, or you're actually demoing your solution and showing them where it can add value uh, and where it can help them solve their problems. So number five is ask the big question, is this a fit? And is this worth pursuing and establish what the next step looks like? Book some time, book the second call. 
you know, get in touch, ask for an introduction to the other stakeholders in the project, the leadership team, the technical resources. You can ask for that. At that point, you can ask for, you know, hey, look, who else needs to be involved in these conversations? Now that we've determined that our, my hypothesis is somewhat sound and that there might be an opportunity here to partner, who else would need to be in uh, you know, these conversations going forward? So that's, that's it, guys. Five ways that you can think about your discovery process and five pretty simple things that you can do to really change your game today. Now, honestly, discovery goes even deeper than that. And when it gets really fun is when you can ask multiple layers of questions. And the way to do that is as you're having that two-way conversation with the prospect and they're bringing up things, just keep asking why. Why this way? Why is it that you're trying to accomplish this? Why is the current process this way? Why are you trying to change it? Why hasn't this worked before? And you just keep sort of going deeper and, and taking it a level deeper. And then you're going to build this whole sort of canvas. If you were going to paint this whole canvas of what their biggest business challenges are, and you're going to continue to sort of embed yourself in the process. And, and again, frame yourself, posture yourself as a consultant to their business, to their brand by asking those deeper questions. And it takes a lot of practice to get there. Um, and it's something that I'm still practicing in my career. Uh, is how to ask better discovery questions, how to go even a level deeper, how to make sure you're engaging all stakeholders in a buying process. And then again, keeping it conversational, weaving in relevant stories as you can, and then asking for the business or asking at least for the opportunity to continue the conversations and the next steps. So hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope someone out there finds this helpful. Best of luck to everybody on their discovery conversations. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in.